decipher, being able to discern what voice it is that we're listening to. Amen. I want to, I want the voice of God speaking in my life here today. Amen. I want to be able to recognize when God is speaking to me. And we have here in 1 Samuel chapter 3 a story that I'm sure you have, you have heard before that, um, this young child, this young boy, Samuel, says here, beginning in verse number one, that the child, Samuel, ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. That, that means when it says precious in those days, what it's talking of there is, is that the word of the Lord, it, it was not, it was not um, very bountiful in those days. They're not very, God was not speaking very often through many people. It was not, it was not something that uh, you had many prophets that were around in those days that God was speaking through, but it was precious. It was, it was a rare occurrence. Amen. It's a sad time when it's a rare occurrence that you would hear the voice of God. Amen. I don't, I don't want that to, to ever be part of, of the culture of this church. I don't ever want that to be the, the part of, of my life that, that the word of God would be precious. I, I, I want to hold it as something precious, but it does, it ought not be something that's scarce. Amen. But the word of the Lord, it was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time. When Eli was laid down in his place, his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And there the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And Samuel was laid down to sleep. That the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here am I. Young Samuel, he, he runs to Eli and he said, here am I for thou callest me. And he said, I, I didn't call you, go lay down. Again, and he went and he laid down, and the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose, and he went to Eli, and he said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, and he said, I called not my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. He didn't recognize the Lord's voice. He didn't know the Lord in such a way that when God was speaking to him, he recognized that this was the voice of God. It says, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. I'm thankful that God was persistent. I'm thankful that sometimes God is persistent with me. Amen. And he was persistent in speaking to Samuel here. Calls a third time. And he arose and he went to Eli and he said, here am I. Thou didst call me. Now, finally, the priest of God, Eli, this man who ought to have known, he finally understands what it is that's taking place. And he perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel, he went and he laid down in his place, and the Lord came and he stood thought that was an interesting, interesting way to put that, that the Lord came and he stood. It, it means that he, uh, I looked that up. What, what does it mean that the Lord came and he stood? That, that the Lord came 
And he made himself known. The Lord came and he presented himself to Samuel once again. And the Lord came and he stood and he called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for thy servant heareth. Amen. I just want to speak on this topic, recognizing the voice of God. We have this, this story here, this young child, this young man, Samuel, who as God is speaking to him, he didn't recognize the Lord's voice. It says that he didn't yet know the Lord. This is a young child that uh, at this time his his, his mother had um, had begged God for a for a child. Had had begged God, give me a son. And yet she was barren for so many years. And and yet there came a day where she was so desperate and calling out to the Lord as she was praying at the temple. And she says, Lord, if you will give me a child, then I will give him back to you. And so that's what Hannah did when God finally did give her a child. She gave him back to the Lord and he was raised there in the temple by the, uh, by the high priest Eli. And we see here this young man at a, at a young age step into this, this place where God begins to speak to him and he's going to become a great prophet. This is just the very beginning of where God begins to speak to him. And he begins to recognize the voice of God. I mean, what, a, what an important thing for us to do. To recognize when God is speaking into our lives. So that we would not go and, and, and do something contrary to what God is trying to tell us to do. In fact, Jesus says in John ten twenty seven. Jesus says that my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep, they hear my voice. That word hear, if we look at that in the, in the Greek, it says my sheep, they hear my voice. They not, not just hear and not recognize it, but they consider what's, what is said. They, they understand it. They are able to comprehend it. They hear my voice and I know them, that is a a knowledge that's grounded on personal experience. In fact, this word know, it's the same know that was the Jewish idiom for an intimate relationship between a man and a woman. It's the same know, it's the same kind of intimate kind of a, a, a knowledge that you would have of somebody. It's a knowledge that's grounded on personal experience we would we and god says when you hear me when you recognize my voice there is something that's personal i want to get to know you personally so there's a whole maze of voices that we need to kind of wade our way through in this life there's a whole lot of voices that are trying to speak to you today as you're going through life there's a whole lot of voices and some of them some of them sound an awful lot like the voice of God, but they're not the voice of God. There are voices that, that, uh, that you will go through or that, that, that are speaking to you as you're going through life. And if you are not in an intimate relationship or if you are not uh, in, a, in a place where you're having a personal experience with God, then how are you going to recognize which voice is God's and which voice comes from somebody else?
And we better know because voices will lead you astray. And I don't want to be led astray from where God is trying to lead me. I don't want to be led astray by some strange voice. Man, I want to, let's just start out by mentioning some vital principles concerning the voice of God. Some things that that I believe are absolutely necessary or things that we ought to to understand about God's voice. The first is that living close to God is essential to recognizing His voice. That when we when you start to get far away, well, I, I remember I uh, I grew up uh, out in the country, and and me and my brothers we'd go and and we'd be playing in the summer, and and we were way way out back. I'm, my my grandfather he owned all this land around us, and we were way way out back in the pasture field, out in the creek, and we'd be playing out there, and and if my if my mother wanted us all to come up, come up to the house, it was time to time to come up. She, if she started yelling, we couldn't hear her voice. We were too far out there. But she had the loudest whistle that is known to mankind, and she could whistle loud enough that we could hear it. But if she's yelling, we're, we're not going to hear anything because we're not close enough. The same is true. I mean, you. you same is true with God. We're not, you're not going to recognize God when He's speaking to you when you are out living in the world. If you are full of carnality, if you have worldliness, uh, and you've de- developed this distance between you and God, you, you're not going to recognize when God is trying to speak to you. That's the first principle that we ought to understand. The second is that and I could, I could probably hammer down on each one of these for the whole lesson tonight. We'll go through them rather quickly. Number two, since there is a human and a divine will, submitting our will to God is a must before we can truly follow His voice. So there's a lot of voices that are out there. And one of the strongest voices is my voice. It's the voice that, that I have. It's my will. That's one of the strongest voices that's, that we have speaking to us. It's my will, my voice that's trying to get me to do things that sometimes are contrary to where God is trying to lead me. And we have to, we have to come to a decision at some point in our life is, am I always just going to satisfy and follow my voice or am I going to submit my will, submit the voice that I have in me and submit to, submit that to the will of God so that I can go and follow the voice of God. Number three, God does not need to speak to us directly concerning anything already written in His Word. If it is already written in here, there is really no need for God to come and to begin to speak that again to you. I'm not saying that He won't do that. I'm not saying that there are, there are times when God will not come and, and, and occasionally remind you or convict you or call you to obedience in some areas. But God's not obligated to do that. If it's already written in here, this is the voice of God. This is 
the voice of God right here. And, and, and we're, we're going to get into this in, in a little bit. But there's, there's nothing that would be the voice of God that would ever be contrary to this. And that's why there's really no need for God to speak about something that is already written and, and, and firmly established for all time. Amen. Number four. Number four, one-time calls can impact an individual for a lifetime. Here's, here's what I mean by that. Is that, is that you, may, you may have a, a is, I don't know, maybe you've had an experience. I, I, I can recall some of these experiences in my life, and I've just had a few times where I really felt God calling me to a certain task or a certain thing. And it was a, a moment in my life where it was, it was so crystal clear what God was calling me to do. And maybe it was just for a season, but, but I felt that call of God on my life. And, and after that, it was, it was some time before it ever came to fruition. And I can always go back to the call. I can always go back to the time when I was 10 years old and God spoke to me. And I knew at so crystal clearly at that moment that what God had said to me at, that I could, I could, I could trust His word. I could trust that one time call. And there may be some confirmations that would come along the way that would reinforce that call that He put on my life at 10 years old. But really, it's that one time whether or not there's confirmations over and over and over, I still recognize that that call that God had, that one time call, is still steadfast. It still stands. I want you to know, if God has spoken to you and He's promised you something, that you can stand on that word. Stand on that promise. If there's somebody that you've been praying for and you believe that God has called you and that you believe that he's said something to you, stand on that word that God has, that God has said to you. Don't back away from it. Keep believing. Keep having faith. It may take a whole lot of time before it ever comes all the way around to where you see that take place. But stand on the word of God. I am, I am very thankful for the confirmations. For the renewals, for the encouragement, when God does bring those my way, when God reinforces something that He had said, but but the reality is sometimes we go through times and you begin to question. You begin to question because you're saying, God, are you sure that what you said is true? And you can be sure. You can be certain that what God said to you, what He promised you, that it is going to take place. Amen. One time calls can impact an individual for a lifetime. Number five, we are to try the spirits. See, since a spirit of error, and since a, a spirit of truth exists simultaneously here in the world, we are to try the spirits. When you, when you, when you are, are uh, having a... Um, when you feel that a, a voice that is speaking to you, when you feel direction on something, we shouldn't just blindly follow that voice. You shouldn't just blindly trust the voice, but try the spirit. Try the voice. Say, God, is this of you? Begin to pray about it. This is what I mean by trying it. 
Take, take this to God in prayer. Take this and, and, and say, all right, Lord, I need you. To, I need to make sure. In fact, let's, let's go to 1 John chapter 4. Because this it speaks on this subject here. 1 John chapter 4. It says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. So here's how you know if it's the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, that's of God. Okay? And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. Therefore, or whereof, you have heard that it should come, and even know, or even now already is it in the world. You are of God, little children. You have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. Okay, that's a very important principle right there about trying the spirits. If it's not a spirit of God, it will oftentimes, maybe I should say every time, it will lead you to things of the world. Therefore, speak they of the world. As you are trying the spirits, recognize what is the spirit leading me to? What is the spirit trying to say to me? Is it a spirit? If it's a spirit of the world, it will lead you to the things of the world. It will lead you to pride. It will lead you to arrogance. It will lead you uh, down a path that, uh, that, that maybe is uh, you know, destructive in some way. Le- try, try the spirits. If it's a, if it is a spirit of the world, it will lead you to things of the world. Therefore, or in the world it says, heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Try the spirits. Now, in, within that it says that greater is he that is, what? In you. Than he that's in the world. This is why it is vitally important that we have the Spirit of God in us. Amen. That we are filled with the Spirit. That we have His Spirit in us. Because there is discernment in the Spirit of God. There is discernment that takes place with that Spirit that is in you. You have the Spirit of God in you in order for you to recognize what kind of spirit is that's trying to speak to you in the moment. Let's go uh, again. There's one more scripture here that speaks on this. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 10. Paul here, he says, there are, it may be so many kinds of voices in the world and none of them is without signification. Paul says there are so many different voices that are out there speaking in the world. When these voices, they can come from Satan. They can come from other people. These voices, they can even come from your own mind. All these different voices, all these different things, none of those are, are not significant. There are significant voices that are trying to speak into your life. There are things in the, in the, in the news media that you are, are trying to speak into your life, trying to say things to you that you ought to just shut out. There's ideas that are coming to our college students and voices that are trying to speak to them that they ought to just 
Cut it out. I'm not listening to that. I'm not, I'm not taking this in. Come on, there are, there are things that, that, there, that would be presented in such a way that says, come on, if you truly love people, then you would believe this. Yes, that's maybe what you see as true love. But as far as what this says is true love, it doesn't line up to what you're saying. So this is the voice that I'm going to listen to. Amen? I don't, I don't, I don't want to, to weight every voice the same because every voice doesn't have the same weight. This voice right here, the voice of God, that is the one that carries all the weight. So if it doesn't line up to the voice of God, if it doesn't line up to the word of God, then that voice truly, it doesn't have much significance. God, the last thing. God, he leaves many things to common sense. But after all, he gave you a brain to think with. There's a whole lot of minor and insignificant decisions that uh, are best left just for us to have in our our God-given built-in conscience, our judgment that God gave us. Now, of course, I, I believe even within those things that we should always leave room for God to intervene into the very uh, normal things of life and the mundane matters of daily life. But for the most part, there are a lot of things that God, he gave you common sense. And you don't have to wake up every day and ask God, Lord, which socks should I put on today? God, should I put on my deodorant this morning on this day where we have a heat advisory? You should. Amen. There are some things that are just common sense. And you don't have to ask God and get direction from Him on everything. But I don't think it's a bad idea just to ask God at the beginning of your day. Lord, lead me even in the mundane things of my life today. God, if there's something that I should do differently, God, I want you to speak to me. God, I want you to lead me. If there's a, if I'm, if I'm to drive down a different path on my way to work, then God, I want to be sensitive to your voice. I want to be sensitive to you. If you would want me to do something different outside of my daily life, God, let me be sensitive to your voice. Amen. That's such a good prayer to pray is, is to just ask to be sensitive to God's voice because there's sometimes that in the mundane matters of life, the things where we would just want to go with our common sense that God says, I want to go beyond what is your common sense and do something that is so supernatural, not the natural things, but supernatural and go beyond what you think you ought to do. Amen. So, so we ought to still pray and give God room to work within the common areas of our life. Amen. But let's, uh, let's, let's d- dig in here on, on how does God speak? How is it that God speaks? We have different ways that we see throughout Scripture that God begins to speak to man or God speaks to man throughout, throughout time. One way is through the Word of God. God will speak to us through His Word. If you've ever, if you've ever felt as if, God, it, it, as if you're in a dry moment in your life and God is not speaking to you, the reality is, it's your fault. Because 
All that you need in order for God to speak to you is to pick this up right here. And God will speak to you. Because this is His Word. And so maybe, maybe you are seeking an answer for the right now. Maybe you're seeking an answer for, for God to say, Lord, I need your voice to speak to me about my very situation that I'm in. And I'm not hearing your voice speaking to me. Yes, maybe you're seek, seeking that, but pick up the word of God and it will begin to come alive to you. It can speak to your very present matters. It can speak to things that... Um, because, because this word is alive. It's, we see it in Psalm 119. Psalm 119, 105. And my goodness, what an incredible chapter Psalm 119 is. But it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God, your word, this word right here, this, this written scripture, God, it is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now, Sometimes I want a great big spotlight. I want, I want the, the brights on in the car. I want him to just turn on the lights so I can see, you know, everything that's in front of me. But God says, I may not light it all up for you. But in my word, I will speak and I will show you where your next step is. You hold up my word and I'll show you what the next part, the next you know, next thing, the next place that you need to go, the next things that you need to do, just stay in my word. Don't get out of my word. Allow my word to speak to you because his word is alive. Amen. God will speak through his written word. We see that God speaks through men of God. Yeah, this is all throughout scripture, but I just, just pulled this one scripture uh, here in Second Peter 1. 21 it says that prophecy it came not in old time by the will of man but holy men of god spake as they were moved by the holy ghost that men of god could be moved by the spirit of god and they will speak and they will prophesy and they will they will give the give the 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 right now word of god for that moment so god he will speak through men of god at times and and we, we receive a, a word for the moment that we're going through. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the men of God that I've had in my life who can speak to me about situations that I'm going through. And sometimes it's through preaching. A lot of times it's just through conversation. It's through godly counsel. It's through conversations that you have with them about whatever it is that you're going through. And they're able to give you wisdom for the situation. The word of God. For the situation that you're going through. God is able to speak directly to us. God can speak directly to you. Now usually this comes in a still small voice. I have not personally ever had a, an audible voice that came to me from God. I have heard of others. I have heard of people who have. Samuel, apparently, that it seems as though that's what took place in, in the scripture that we began with, in that passage where Samuel uh, seems as though it was an audible voice of God. He thought that this was Eli that was speaking to him. Uh, so, so we do see that, uh, or we know that God can, he can speak in such a way that it seems as if it is so, you know, it's real, it's, it's 
It's audible. But usually God is speaking in a still, small voice. 1 Kings 19. It says the earthquake, or after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord, He wasn't in the fire. After the fire, there was a still, small voice. It was in that still, small voice that God gave the prophet Elijah the direction that he needed. In that still, small voice. You know, I think it's, so important for us to give God room to speak. A lot of times we try to fill up all the space. This is something, especially especially as Pentecostals, we we like to talk a lot in our prayer. Now, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but there are times when we talk so much that we don't give God any room to talk. God's saying, if you would just be quiet long enough, then I would answer the prayer that you're trying to pray. I would, I would speak to you in this moment, but you're just blah, 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 talking, talking, talking. And God said, let me speak a little while. Not to say that God can't speak when you're speaking as well, but, but sometimes we're, our mind's going here and there and everywhere in prayer. And God's just saying, come on, I want to speak to you. So if you would just pause a moment and allow me to speak, I'm here. I'm ready. I want to give you direction. But it's not just about the time of prayer and about how often we're speaking and how much we're talking, we're saying to Him. Well, we can get so busy in life. And we don't give God any space to talk. We can get so busy and, and things going on in our life that we give we have no space, no room that for God in His still small voice to begin to speak to us. And he, maybe He is speaking in His still small voice, but we don't recognize it because we're running from here to there and everywhere. And we're so busy that we don't recognize that still small voice. We need to give God room. We need to give God the space that he needs in order to speak to us and we recognize his voice. God will speak directly to you. He can can speak words of encouragement. God will speak words of direction. God will speak words of knowledge and words of wisdom. God will speak things to you that, uh, that can get you through whatever situation that you're going through. I believe that the word of God speaks, that the word of God is true, that the word of God is, is, is timely. It's not, it's, it's never, it's never going to come too early. It's never going to come too late. But God is going to be there right on time. Whenever you are in, in need of direction from Him, God will be there to give it. Amen. How does God speak? God speaks through the gifts of the Spirit. I, I wish I would have left that one to the end because this is probably the, my favorite one out of, out of this, this bunch here. Just the fact that these gifts of the Spirit, these things that are given to us in the church, that let's, I'll expound upon it after we read this passage here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. So you know that you were Gentiles, that you were carried away to these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give to you, or I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God called Jesus a curse. That no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. 
we could go on to read the whole whole chapter. I'm not going to do so tonight. But he goes on to speak of these different gifts of the Spirit. These different gifts. Uh, the, the word of knowledge the, the, um, speaks of uh, tongues. The interpretation of tongues. He speaks of uh, the word of wisdom, uh, faith. All these, all these things that God gives the church to begin to operate in a way that he is speaking. That's really what it's all about. It's about God moving and operating through us, through his body here on this earth. But here's why I say this is one of my favorite parts of how God speaks is because a lot of times we limit that to this place right here. To these, to inside these four walls where we're at. We, we like to limit the, the operation of the gifts of the Spirit to right here. But God never intended for the gifts of the Spirit to be limited to this gathering, a place where we are all just gathered together. God wants the gifts of the Spirit to be operational every day. God wants the gifts of the Spirit to be operational in His body on a daily basis where He's speaking to the church, where He's edifying the church, where He's He's giving you words of wisdom and words of knowledge that you can share and that you can go in a word of faith. God wants you to begin to operate in these ways so that He can speak to His church, not just when we're gathered together on Sunday or on Wednesday. But God wants to begin to speak and to operate every day of the week. Whenever you are out on the job and, got, and, and, and you've got somebody that's there and, and God has a word. And you've got a word of knowledge. You're saying, that's never happened to me. Well, have you ever prayed and asked God, God, help me to begin to be sensitive to your word. Help me to be sensitive to your voice. God, if there's somebody that's going through something today, Lord, then help me to be sensitive and allow you to speak to me so that I can help them through whatever situations they're going through. God can give you a word of knowledge. God can give you a word of wisdom. Now, here's the thing about knowledge and wisdom. And and that knowledge, the word of knowledge is not always given for you to share at that time, at that present time. You got to have wisdom. To, share, to know when to share it. Amen. So, the gifts of the Spirit, God wants to help us to, to, to know when to speak, when not to speak. God wants us to, uh, to, to be able to allow Him to speak through us, through these gifts of the Spirit. Number five, how does God speak? We are uh, sometimes given... Uh, given direction from God through dreams and through visions. We see this prophesied of in, in Acts chapter 2. It tells us that this, uh, this is not just an occurrence that will happen in, in past tense. We know in Scripture of many who God spoke to them in dreams and visions, but we see it says that it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. See, both of these occur in the lives of most people without having any kind of spiritual meaning. I will say that first and foremost, that most people have dreams, have visions, and they mean absolutely nothing as far as God speaking. 
But that does not negate the fact that there are times where God will use dreams and God will use visions to speak. So here's the thing. We need to recognize when God is giving you a dream, when God is giving you a vision, and seek His voice, seek knowledge about the situation or about that dream or that vision that you had and say, God, what are you trying to say through this? I have, I have so often people coming, coming to me and they, they want to know, what does this dream mean? This dream that I had, what does it mean? And there's sometimes... Where they tell me the dream and I, I'll, I'll take it to, to prayer and I, it's, it meant nothing. I mean, as far as what I can he, what I can tell, what, what I can feel God, uh, you know, saying about this, that dream that you had, I don't, I don't see that it meant anything from God. Maybe it had something to do with what you ate the night before, or what you saw in the news that was taking place. Amen. But there are other times. Where we begin to pray about it and God will begin to reveal things. It means this and this. And there's, there's something that's coming and maybe it's not all clear. Maybe it's all just you know, clear as mud. But, but God is trying to warn you. God's trying to drive you to prayer. And, and God will, will speak to you through dreams and through visions. And I'm thankful for those people in our church. I'm thankful for them who are sensitive enough to God to, to, uh, to, to uh, allow God to speak to you in this way. Amen. I think it's essential for you. To be absolutely sure that it's God that's speaking. Don't take some dream or some vision and just run with it as if this is absolutely the word of God without knowing it's the word of God. I want to give that warning or give that, um, amen, for us tonight. Don't just run with something just because you had a dream. That God, you had a dream of Florida and a home that you were living in in Florida on the, on the, coast of the, the the gulf coast and you're there and it's, it's beautiful and 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 you you believe this is god speaking to me in a dream i've got to move to florida if you're not sure of that if you're not sure that it's god speaking to you don't just follow your dreams and your visions so he, whenever you have a dream whenever you have something that that perhaps this is god speaking always couple that with prayer always couple that with, with saying, all right, God, what are you trying to say to me? And then I believe that it's, it's good to get counsel as well. If it's something about a big decision, if it's something about something that you're, you're going to do and, and because of the, the direction that you got from the voice of God in that dream or that vision, amen, it ought to be, it ought to be, uh, always, uh, bound in prayer. It, and in uh, scripture as well, and then through the man of God in your life. Amen. Lastly, we see that God will speak through angels. I believe that God still speaks through angels. We see in Acts chapter 12, verse 8, and an encounter with, that Paul has. With an angel here, he's, he's in a prison. The angel wakes him up in the midst of that prison prison cell. And the angel said to him, gird thyself, bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, cast your garment about thee and follow me. 
the angel had some direct direct um, things that that Paul was to do to to listen to him, but there are angels that they will send messages there were there are angels that are guardian angels there are angels that will come and and they will give a word but here 's the thing about angels I should have put the scripture on here but uh, Paul, he tells us if there is ever a word that comes to you that's contrary to what you have heard before, whether it is a word that's from men or of angels, if it comes from an angel, know that it still has to be backed up by the word of God. It still has to be backed up by God's word. And so you, ought, you, you sometimes you might receive a message from an angel but if it's not backed up by the word of God, and that angel was not sent by God. Amen. So recognize who sent the angel. I want to I wanna look. Uh, I thought it was interesting. You know, on how, how does God speak? How does God speak to men that, that would write, even write scripture? And, and I, I was just looking right before church tonight at each of the minor prophets and i don't have all these scriptures written down here i don't have them up there on the screen but but if you just want to turn with me uh to hosea we're just gonna i just want to look through each of these minor prophets and we see god over and over and over speaking to these men hosea chapter one verse one says the word of the lord came to hosea the son of beri in the days of uzziah Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, the king of Israel, says that the uh, that the word of the Lord came to this man Hosea. The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea, and the Lord said to Hosea, "Go, take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, for the land hath committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord." There are some. There is some. Uh, very confident, uh, confident man that we see in Scripture. And Hosea has to be right at the top of that. He was confident in the voice of God. Confident enough that it was God that was speaking to him to go marry a prostitute, and he did it. He was confidently following the voice of God, even when it seemed as though this is something that he would never do. But God was telling him, go and marry a prostitute because I want to show you through this or really show the, the, the nation of Israel what they are doing to me through your marriage. We see the word of the Lord came to this young man, Hosea. We see in Joel, Joel 1, 1, that the word of the Lord came uh, that, that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel, the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. He says, hear this, you old men, give ear, all you inhabitants of the land. Hath this been in, in your days or even in the days of your fathers? Uh, it says, it goes on, uh, no, but this is the word of the Lord. And then it is given to us in, in the, the writings of Joel there. And Amos 1, 1, the words of Amos who was among the herdmen of Tekoa, which he saw concerning Israel in the days of Uzziah, the king of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, two years before the earthquake. And he said, the Lord will roar from Zion. Okay? These are the words of Amos, 
who was among the herdmen of Tekoa. This is just a normal man. And yet God began to speak to Amos, this normal man who was just one of the herdmen. He was just, he was just out there along with everybody else, tending to the flocks, tending to the herds. And God began to speak to him and he recognized that this is the voice of God. He recognized the voice of God and he went and he followed that and he shared everything that God was saying to, to him. He shared it with the people. We see in Obadiah 1.1, the vision of Obadiah, thus saith the Lord God concerning Edom. This is a, God spoke to Obadiah through a vision. And he writes the vision. And Jonah, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. The word of God came to Jonah. We see in Micah that the word of the Lord that came to Micah, the Morishite in the days of Jotham. Okay. Micah, this, this man who was not, not a special man in, in any uh, way, shape, or form, but yet the word of the Lord came to him and he responded to it. Are we recognizing the voice of God? We see men and we see them in scripture and we lift them up and raise them up as somebody who's great, but oftentimes they were the same as you and me. They were no different. But the word of the Lord came to them and they responded. Nahum, Nahum 1.1. I love the phrasing of this. The burden of Nineveh. The book of the vision of Nahum, the Elkishite. The burden of Nineveh. And there's, there's a burden that is, that is on this city. This is something that it was burning within Nahum. This was a burden that, that he had to share. And this was something that really it was uh, the... The wickedness of the city of Nineveh. It was it so burdened Nahum that he went and he, he, he gave this word to them. He received that, this word that he received through a vision. And Habakkuk, the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. And we read through the scripture of Habakkuk. But it was a burden. This is, this is what the word of God, this is what the voice of God will do. It will be a burden on you when you receive something that you've got to share. Zephaniah, the word of the Lord which came to Zephaniah. Haggai, in the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet. And Zechariah says in the eighth month, in the second year of Darius, came the word of the Lord into Zechariah. When they could pin the very time, the very day. And then we see in Malachi the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. We see God speaking to normal people. Some of these, some of these were, were sons of, of prophets. Some of these were sons of priests. But, but others of these were just men who were out. They were picking, uh, picking the fruit off of trees. Or they were out. They were the herdmen. These, some of these were very normal men. And yet God spake to them. And they recognized the voice of God. And they recognized that voice. And they began to go. And they responded to what God was saying. And then what do we do? What do we do when God begins to speak? Do you respond to it? Do you, do you recognize God as he's speaking? Maybe it's through his word. Maybe it's through another man of God. Maybe it's through a still small voice. Maybe it's through the operation of the gifts of the spirit that God begins to speak. Perhaps it's through a dream or a vision or an angel that would come and visit. 
Do you receive the word of God? Are you receiving the word of God? Are you looking for the word of God? Amen. Let's what I want to look here at comparison, comparing voices. First thing that we ought to do is we ought to compare what you're hearing with what you've been taught. Don't abandon the principles that have been instilled in you by the church. I've, I've, I've just I've heard one too many people who have heard a word from the Lord and then went off and abandoned everything that they had been taught in the church that is backed up by Scripture, things that, that they completely did away with because they heard a word from God. They heard a word from God to go and to, to do this or to do that. They heard a word from God that, that they no longer had to be bound by this principle that was taught by the church. Or they heard a word from God. Never, but, but never abandon the things that you have been taught before. Never abandon the principles that have been instilled in you by the church. I believe contemporaries in every generation will, will pressure God's people to forsake biblical principles. They will, they will try, to, try to make you think that you're foolish for holding on to these things that are out of date. They will try to get you to turn, a, a, you know, turn your, your gaze and your, your eyes towards something that, that they would say, you know what, this is, this is all the things that, that are offered to you if you would just abandon what, you know, what the church says that you have to hold on to. Don't, don't be tempted by that. Turn a deaf ear to all these things that they would try to say to you. Do not abandon principles that have been instilled in you by the church just because you heard a word. 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 14 says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. If it is sound doctrine, if it is, if it is uh, a, a principle that has been instilled in you by somebody who is godly, by a church that stands in truth, then continue in those things because you can be assured of them. You know where you learn them. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more, the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by, the, by them that heard him? Amen. Let us not abandon the things. That we have been taught before. Praise God. I just. I didn't wear my watch tonight. And I just saw what time it is. Let's, I'm going to hurry through some of these last things here. About comparing voices. Number two. We should compare what you are hearing with past experiences. Recall from the past what was of God and what was of the flesh. And then act accordingly. I believe that time and experience are really great teachers. There are things that, that you recognize that you have done in the past, past mistakes that you've made that God has 
convicted you of, done these things. And so compare the things that you're hearing right now with the past experience of what God has spoken to you at, at those times. Compare what you're hearing with someone else's experiences. Sometimes it's not about what you've gone through, but if it's a godly proven man or woman that you can use as a sounding board that to determine whether or not you're off course, then do so. You should have godly men and women in your life that you can talk to about some things that you feel God is speaking to you. Talk to them. Trust them. Trust the word that they're saying to you. Lastly, I'll say, compare what you're hearing with the word of God. With this right here. There is nothing that God will ever say that will contradict his word. Nothing that God will ever instruct you to do that, is, that will contradict the word of God. So here's, here's the question. What if I mistake God's voice? What if I... I'm trying to make some big decision in my life. And I go and I seek some counsel and, and, and I do this and that. And, you know, but I, but I, I've made a mistake. I come and, and I'll say this first. that It, it, takes, humility, it takes humility, first of all, um, to even recognize that you didn't hear his voice. Amen. But, but if you're humble enough, if you have enough humility in your life, then there are times when you recognize that you did something and you followed a voice that was not God's voice. I think if we have enough humility in this place, we could all probably raise a hand and say, there are times when I did something and it was not God that was telling me to do that. And I followed a voice, I did something that I shouldn't have done. I, I went in a, in a direction, tried to, uh, to go, you know, follow something that I thought was God speaking to me and it wasn't. First thing, ask God's forgiveness. God understands. But ask, just, just go to him. Ask God. God, really what I'm talking about is just humble yourself. Put yourself in a place of humility and say, God, I made a mistake in this, in this uh, circumstance, God, and I, and I want to get back on track. Next, allow it to become a learning experience. Forgive anyone who may have confused you. Don't get bitter at them. Make the best of your current situation, then quit kicking yourself and looking back. Stop. Stop beating yourself up. Amen. Let's get back on track. Don't continue down the road. If you made a mistake, don't continue on that, on that path. But let's get back on track to where God wants you to be. And let's seek His voice again. Amen. The last thing I just want to finish up with is the fact that we ought to treasure the Word of God. Treasure the Word of God. In fact... If you want to just go and, and tonight before you uh, lay your head down to rest, and, uh, and I know this, what I'm saying right now is uh, I'm instructing you to go and read the longest chapter in the book of the, in, in, in the Bible. But in Psalm 119, Psalm 119 is an incredible book, or an incredible chapter that is, is on and on and on telling us about the importance of the Word of God, about treasuring the Word of God. There is nothing more beautiful than the Word of God. In fact, it is an acrostic. That whole chapter is an acrostic. It's, it's going through the Hebrew alphabet, the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, and there's eight sections of this book, or this chapter, I keep saying the book. There's eight sections of this chapter of Psalm 119. Or just 22, I'm sorry, 22 sections of, of eight lines. And in each of those 
22 sections, uh, there are eight lines that all begin uh, with that, that first letter of the alphabet, and then the second letter of the alphabet, and then the third letter, and it goes from the first to the last, from, and, and it goes through them, and it's each and every one of them over and over, words like this, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. How sweet are your words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey in my mouth. Lord, order my steps in your word. Order my steps over and over. How how beautiful is the word of God. Amen. Here's the thing is that with all these voices that are trying to speak to us, we ought to be able to recognize the word of God. Amen. We must recognize the word of God when it's speaking to us here today. We must recognize, we must discern, God, what is your word trying to speak to us in this day? Amen. Can we just all, all just throughout this place just lift up our hands? Amen. I just want to close this out here tonight with gratitude for the word of God, with thankfulness, amen, that God would speak to us and that we could just pray. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that you would begin, Lord, to to help us to recognize when you are speaking, God, when we are trying to make decisions in our life, that we wouldn't just do it on a whim, that we wouldn't just do it, Lord, through our understanding of, of the situations and our assessment of that, but Lord, that we would turn to you. And allow you to speak into our life. Allow you to speak and give direction. God, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to understand that when you're speaking and when you're not speaking. God, that we would recognize your voice. Be able to discern it from the other voices that are around us. We are so thankful for everything that you do. We're thankful that you are still alive and giving direction today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.